And he didn't hesitate. And I go, you know what? You need to put him more often at Sunday nights. It's none other than our evangelist, our local evangelist, Brother Manuel Garcia. May God use him for honor and glory of God. Praise the Lord, church. You may be seated. I think uh, my heart just dropped into my stomach. But isn't God good? If you didn't get touched, that's because you didn't want to be touched tonight. But God is good. I know what I felt in here. I am so grateful. I am so blessed. You're going to have to excuse me. Um, I was on my computer about four hours yesterday, five hours. And uh, when I hit print, I had about 22 pages come out of my printer. But I promise I won't be long. But first I'd like to thank my Lord, my Savior, for keeping me and my family and what he's doing in my family's life and what he's continuing to do. I know pastor's not here. Let's keep him in our prayers. I think he's on his way back from Mississippi, Tennessee. Let's keep him in our prayers. And I want to thank my wife for putting up with me. But God has been good to me because if I wasn't here I don't know where I'd be. I think I know where I'd be. I'd either be on the streets, creating a muck, be in prison, or be in the grave in a devil's hell. But God has been good, and he's been good to every single one of you. So if there's an opportunity, raise your hands. Reach up to the Lord. If you're going through something, this is the perfect place to reach up because he will touch you. You know, at the end of each year, and you're going to have to excuse me because there's times where I'll, re, I'll look at my notes quite often. I don't come up here much. So I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to anybody else, but I will come back to my notes quite often. So you're going to have to excuse me. There, I have a tendency each, at the end of each year to look back at what the Outreach department has done what it hasn't done. Uh, and not just that, it means an individual where I failed at. And there's times where I can be hard on myself. Pastor knows that because I've gone into his office and I've talked to him. But he's always been an encouragement to me. And I appreciate that pastor that we have because he's an encourager and he's in the lover for, of people. And he believes in every single one of you. So just keep pushing, keep pressing. So I made a declaration in the beginning of the year that I'm going to just keep loving people because he showed me mercy and grace. I'm going to show people love. And it's just one more, Lord. If he gives me another opportunity to share him with somebody, I'm going to do it to encourage somebody, to serve somebody, give them a meal. I don't know if you guys have ever done that before, made that declaration. But God's not done with me, and he's not done with you. 
And it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Amen? So I'd like to encourage you. God is not done with you yet. So let's, let's go to the book of Judges, okay? And in the book of Judges, it was common that God had to remind people of Israel that he was the one true God. The people of Israel, because they would repeatedly indulge themselves in idolatry and immorality, God would send an oppressor on them. Israel would repent, and then God would send a deliverer. And guess what would happen? They would fall right back down again. They would go back into sin. So he'd have to oppress them again and hear them cry again and hear them repent. So if you noticed, there's a cycle that Israel would repeat. But I'd like to talk to you about a man. A man who was called of the Lord before he was even conceived. He was a Nazarite. So in the book of Judges, chapter 13... And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So now she knew she was going to conceive, and she made a vow. And the Bible says when that child grew, the Lord blessed him, and the spirit of the Lord was upon that child. Let me tell you about a Nazarite. A Nazarite, they make a vow. One, they are vowed and are required to not drink alcohol from the vine. Number two, they are not to cut their hair from their head. Number three, they are to avoid corpses and graves. And they are not to eat, that's number four, any unclean thing. This is a form of consecration, a separation of the Lord that the Nazarites would vow to keep. You see, Samson, as we all know, is his his name. And Samson was called to deliver Israel, God's people, out of the hands of God's enemies, the Philistines. Just like every one of you are called into this body and into this church to go out into the highways and the byways and to compel the lost to come here, you are called Remember, I got 22, three down. (laughs) The Nazarite Samson and the uncut hair was a form of separation. I'm repeating myself. You got to know that in ancient Israel, they had traditions and customs. When they wanted to marry, the young lady had to be a virgin. And if they would marry and... In some circumstances, if they find out that they're not, they're done. And also, ancient Israel, 
their traditional marriages was nothing like here. Men had more control over women. And I won't go into that. Because if I do, I'm going to hear it when I get home. <laughs> Judges 14. I love you. <laughs> now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and his mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get, for, get her for me as a wife. Then his mother and father said to him, Is there no other woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? Samson is telling his mom and dad, Go get this woman or young lady to be my bride. I don't know. And... I know a lot of you guys know me from about 12, 13 years, and my kids were small. And I got a little one now. If that young man was talking to me that way, telling me to go do something, that ain't going to happen. I'm a parent, and you're the child, and I'm not going to compromise. And that's what the title of this message, Compromise. We've all done it. We've all compromised the things of the Lord. And there's consequences. And we're going to see here that there was consequences in Samson's life. So let me ask you, parents, do you compromise our beliefs? Do you compromise our morals and our values when it comes to our children? Us parents have been through a lot of stuff and we've been through things. We know that the world out there has nothing to offer. So why would we compromise God's things? His word to our children. Doesn't So going back to Samson and asking for this young lady to be his wife. The Bible also does say, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Why did Samson even act this way? Maybe he saw his parents acting a certain way in the home, compromising the things of God. So maybe he had that attitude. Those are the questions that went through my mind. Maybe some of you were going through those things in your home. In ancient Israel, mixed marriages Mixed marriages by Israelites with other races were forbidden in Israel. Let me tell you about Samson's response. And Samson, this is verse 3 still. And Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me. Now, I know if I was a father, if I was that young lady's father, and I heard Samson telling his dad that I know that my foot, and I cannot say that while I'm up here, and I will not, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> the biblical text of the meaning she pleases me well is she is right in my eyes. So let me tell you, are we compromising? Any of us compromising this? 
We all have. Not with your kids. Not to make us feel better. Don't compromise. Our salvation should mean everything. Parents, your children are not your friends. They are not your friends. The enemy is pushing harder and harder to reach our children. Parents, you're not always going to be right. But when you're in doubt, go to your pastor. Go to the man of God. Go, young people, to your youth pastor and to his wife. Go to somebody that's going to give you good advice and not tell you what you want to hear, young people. And if you are that someone that that person goes to, you don't need to be publishing their stuff in the church and be telling other people because they're trusting you. They're trusting you. But let's go to Judges 14, verse 4. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. You see, God had a plan. But even though he had a plan, it doesn't give Samson the right to not honor the instructions of his parents. We don't condone these things just because we think God has a plan. We don't go against God's word because we think God is going to pull us out of it. So let me go to Proverbs 1.8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs 6.20. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Deuteronomy 5.15, honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that the days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You young people, honor your parents. You read the scripture. It's a commandment. It'll extend your duration of your days. That's what that scripture says. Honor and obey them. Even if you do not agree with them. Even if your parents may seem bipolar at times. My daughters, when they're in my house, and I'm not talking about my six-year-old. A lot of you guys know Nicole and Heather. But when they were teenagers, I wasn't in church. So, and I have to tell this story. And maybe some of you guys are going through this. I felt maybe this, this was for somebody here. When God touched me about 12 years ago, I knew he touched me. I knew he was doing something in my life. I started reading. I started digging in his words. I started getting these books on forgiveness and unforgiveness and the way a person should dress and conduct themselves. So I started going bipolar. I started going through my house. My wife can attest to this. 
I started grabbing everything that I think, and I started learning about spiritual warfare. I started grabbing everything that I thought that spirits were that spirits could come in. Okay. <laughs> can't go. Can't go my nose, man. Okay. So. I even went as far as to take some books, video games that we were attracted to. I took it into the barbecue in the back. I don't think my wife was home, huh? You weren't home. And I, I, I could have swore I, I read it in scripture that they were doing that. So I took it back to the barbecue and I lit them up. There goes my He-Man series. <laughs> I loved He-Man, but those things can attract spirits in your home. And I realized what I was bringing in my house was not very good for my children. And then I started going to my kids' closets. Mm -mm -mm -mm. My kids were teenagers. My daughters were teenagers, okay? And we know how some of these kids dress, okay? So I'm over here telling my kids, you know what? We ain't wearing these little things anymore in school. You're not going anywhere with those things on. And guess what? Guess what started happening? Clashing. It's going on in the home. Because I started to re read that we can be a stumbling block to somebody. You know what I mean? Because if they're seeing, their eye, people's eyes wander, they can start having bad thoughts. I definitely didn't want to have people having bad thoughts after my daughters. So, I started to compromise. Okay, we can go down to here, and that's okay. So it started going that route. A week later, maybe two weeks, I looked, these things are a little higher. Dad, you said, you said that it was okay, that it can, well, well, how close are you drawing that line? Parents, I had to. And in, in, in no way that I'm embarrassed, my wife. But I had to go against the grain. We have to go against the grain. We are the parents. Are we going to compromise on those things? I wasn't going to compromise. So one day, I thought all those little things were in the trash. So I go into my kids' closet. <laughs> and then I'm like, what is this? So... I was bumping heads with my spouse. We weren't compromising on this. So this is what I did. I love you, honey. I go to my wife and I said, put these on and go outside. True story. Never had a conversation again about that. No compromising things of God. There's salvations at stake. Parents, young people, this is real. We're in a spiritual battle.
Oh, boy, am I going to get it. Yeah, give me a prayer. Going back to Samson, verse 5. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Wasn't Samson not to be around vineyards and strong drink? I had to ask myself this. And now he's by the vineyards. I think I likes to test the waters. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came and roaring against him. He's putting himself in a spot. So I think the end is coming. The Bible says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking who he may devour. In no way that I'm saying Samson was drinking, but he was getting a little too close to things that he knew that he shouldn't be close to. Isn't that like us Christians? Do we see how close that we can get to sin? And because nothing happens, we keep going around it again and again, and then pretty soon, mm -mm, we're caught up in that trap. Let me ask you something. Any of you guys ever watched National Geographic's? When the lion is hiding and sitting low in the high brush and he's seeing the prey all by itself and it starts to creep and it's getting closer to that prey because that sheep decided to wander off on its own. It caught something, it got its attention. So now it's wandering off by itself. That's how the enemy works. He's waiting for his prey, and he's waiting for us to compromise. Verse 6, and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one that would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. Spirit of the Lord was strong on this man, but he did not tell his father and his mother what he had did. I wonder why. Was it because he was by the vineyard? Was it because he was talking to that young lady? Kids, young people, don't keep secrets from your parents. Verse 8. After some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. Verse 9. He took of it in his hands and went along eating. And when he came to his mother and father, he gave some to them, and they also ate. Once again, he didn't tell his mom and his dad where he was. And he gave them some of that honey from that carcass. Remember, he's a Nazarite. And he is to avoid corpses and graves. They didn't eat anything unclean. This was an anointed man of God. But the spirit still moved on him. And he's going against everything that he believes in. His vow. But I'll tell you something. God created him for a purpose. And he created you for a purpose and me for a purpose to fulfill something.
There was a mission that he was created for. God is good. Knowing all the junk that we do, and we continue to do, he still loves us. An unconditional love. He doesn't condone us what we do, but he still loves us. And that's why I believe I'm still standing here. And that's why you are here. He still wants to use you. Don't you ever think that he doesn't? And it's not over. Remember what I said in the very beginning. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Verse 10. So his father went down to the woman, and Samson gave a feast there. For young men used to do so. And we're going to call this feast a party. Remember, some of you guys have been to these parties. And guess what? They invited some Philistines, the enemy of God. Samson was married to an enemy of God. Samson opened the door to the enemy. He compromised. He gave in. And I believe Samson, I could not find out how old Samson was, but I think he was a little, he was a little cocky, kind of a risk taker. So at the party, he plays a little game with the Philistines. He throws a riddle at them, and he tells them, within seven days, I'm going to tell you this riddle, and in seven days, if you can tell me the riddle and explain it to me, I will give you 30 garments and 30 changes of clothing. But if you don't, you got to give that to me. It was about three days, and they could not solve the riddle. So guess who they go to? They go to the wife. And they tell her to entice him, put the pressure on him. So come about the seventh day, she's pressuring him. There's that peer pressure again. You got to tell me. You got to do this. You got to do that. He finally gives in. So what does she do? She goes to the Philistines, tells them the riddle, and guess what? They explain it to him. And he knew. He knew that his wife did this. So what does he do? Well, first of all, she's a, little, she's a snitch. Man, isn't your wife supposed to stick next to you? Or everything. But she was an enemy of God. She was a Philistine. So the Bible says at that time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. So he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men and took their apparel and gave the change and took the changes of clothing and gave them to those that explained the riddle. So now Samson's mad. He's ticked. So he goes back to his father's house. And after some time, he goes to his wife's father's house. And what he didn't know is that his father gave his wife to his companion. 
Samson's mad. This is what Samson says. Now I'm blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. He's in a rage now. And I started to read this next passage. And this was funny to me because I, I started laughing. But Samson catches 300 foxes. He ties their tails together, tail to tail, right? He puts a torch in between their tails. He lights those torches and he lets them go into the Philistines' olive gardens, olive groves, their vineyards. That's it, olive garden. <laughs> and in the grain of the Philistines, the Philistines find out who did this. Samson. Samson. So guess what the Philistines do? They take what was his wife and her father and they kill them. They burn them. Samson, here he goes again. I will surely take revenge. After that, and I'm fast forwarding a little bit because I got about 30 more pages right here. Help me, Lord. Samson slaughters about a thousand Philistines with a donkey's jawbone. And then the Bible says that he judged Israel 20 years after that. You know what the enemy meant for evil, God will work it out for good. The enemy will press and press, but I'm telling you, young people and your parents, to hold on. Don't compromise. Don't give in. It doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago, 30 seconds ago. We're still in God's will. Just hold on. Don't take off your spiritual armor. And if you did, which you should have never taken off, put it back on. Because when you start compromising, that armor comes off. It starts to come off. You would think this is the end of the story. You would think Samson learned his lesson. Chapter 16, verse 1. Samson, he goes into Gaza, and he finds himself a harlot, a prostitute, and messes with her. This man is a judge of Israel whom the Spirit moves on, and he now he's messing with a prostitute. First Corinthians, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. It doesn't even have to be a prostitute. You know, if you're sleeping with the enemy, you're creating soul ties with people. And that's what I learned in spiritual warfare. And if those people sleeping with other people and they were sleeping with other people, you may have slept with a thousand people. So do not compromise, young people.
and parents. It looks like Samson couldn't control himself. And then he falls in love. Love with Delilah. And guess, she's part of the Philistines. The enemy again. He doesn't learn. He keeps doing it. And the Philistines ask her or tell her that I'm going to pay you. Find out where he gets his strength from. Entice him. So she does. Samson gives her the runaround. She would just press and press and press. And you don't love me. Why haven't you told me? In other words, he said, the word God says, his soul was vexed to the point of death. In other words, he lost his patience and he gave in. He compromised. Should have never had done it. So what does he do? He finally told her, all of his heart, if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me. And I shall become weak and like any other man. I have a problem with this verse right here. This is God's word, but I have a problem with what he said. You never tell the enemy all your heart. Because that's what the enemy will use against you. The enemy is watching. He was a Nazarite from his mother's womb. But you got to remember, it wasn't his strength. That was the Lord's strength. So when he said that was my strength, it wasn't. Samson's flesh was weak. Alex, can you come, please? And that's the reason why Samson had issues, because his flesh was weak. The Bible says... And I'm not going to finish this story because I would have had another 30 pages. The Bible says he fell asleep on her knees and she had someone come in and shave off seven locks of his head. The Bible says also, she said, the Philistines are upon you. And he said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. You know, or Samson knew he should have never been there. I think he got complacent. He got cocky. I don't think Samson's conscience bothered him anymore. If your conscience is not bothering you and you're doing things that you're not supposed to, we, and I told the young people the other night at my house, we need to evaluate ourselves and we need to check ourselves. We need to cut out acquaintances, junk that we're watching, It's true, the battle's real. The enemy will use anything. He knew that he was playing with fire. And when a person keeps playing with fire, eventually going to burn. You ever hear this? It's not too bad. The enemy will whisper in your ear. It's not that bad. God will forgive you. He will. He will forgive you. And you find yourself doing it over 
and over again. The same rut. And something happened to him. The Bible says, but he did not know the Lord departed from him. I don't ever want the Lord to depart from me. I don't ever want the Lord to depart from my kids because of me compromising certain things in my household. If your parents need to go bipolar in your home, it's your home. And age doesn't matter. I've learned that from pastor. It doesn't matter. It's your house and it's your rules. But do it in love. Do the things in love. Tell them why. And that's one thing I had a hard time with, telling my kids. I really did. It was like, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. Why, Dad? Why, Dad? Because I said so. That's why. But we're supposed to do all things in love. So the Bible says the Philistines took him and they put his eyes out. They gouged his eyes and they put him in prison. Is now Samson now officially paying for all of his junk that he's done? Did it finally catch up to Samson? Did he think he could keep compromising the things of God? That word compromise. Did he think he could be, keep being disobedient to his parents? Did he think he could keep playing with the enemy and messing around with prostitutes? It's going to catch up. Bible says whatever you sow, you know the rest of it. You're going to reap it. Had God finally had enough? You know, Samson did these things to himself, and we do these things to ourselves. We make choices. We have the right. That's what God has given us. We can make choices. Either we want to follow this or we don't. Choose blessings or cursings. I'm choosing blessings. The Bible says that we can grieve the spirit. Are we grieving the spirit? So the enemy wanted to make an open show of him, of Samson. The enemy wants to make an open show of us and our children. But we are not to compromise, church. Do we ever think that we're down these pews and we see these young people or our children and because we compromised maybe later on in life, God forbid, they're on the street. I was almost on the street because I didn't want to listen. I didn't want to go by my mom and dad's rules. But guess what my dad said? Thank him. Not in my house. You're not bringing that stuff in my house. So, 
is what I brought today. I feel like when pastor asked to talk about summer, if I could, at first I hesitated because I asked God to use me. I made that declaration just like every one of you had. Use me, God. Whatever comes, let me do it. I'll do it. So when he asked me, I paused. And then I said, yes. It's not too late. God will use you. If you feel that today, just raise our hands. God, forgive me for compromising. I need your heart, God. I need your spirit, Lord. I need you today. Forgive me, God. And I'm finished. And these altars are open, Lord. Lord, touch the hearts of these people, Lord. Touch the spirits in their minds. We need you today. Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet tonight. Amen. God has given us a word tonight. Amen. Let's not compromise tonight. Amen. But let's stand on the word of God tonight. Let's renew some things in our life. Let's reconsecrate some things in our life tonight. Amen. Like Samson tonight, you are called of God. You are set apart for the purpose of God. Hallelujah. If this is your prayer tonight, we ask that you raise your hands and just talk to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Let's say yes to the Lord again tonight. Hallelujah.